Hello, and welcome to Cocktails, Mocktails, and Crime. We're your hosts, Jill, Gracia, Dave, Don, and we're really happy to be here on this beautiful Sunday morning. Before we get into the drink of the week, though, I'd like to give you a quick update on a teaser we dropped last week. So I was looking into some interesting crimes in New England, and I came across a story from Vermont where a group of poor farmers drugged and froze their old and crippled to, you know, save money on heat and food in the winter of 1887. So I thought, this sounds like a really interesting crime. Um, and while it is a fascinating legend, it's no more than that. It's just a legend. The story ends up with the farmers thong the, the bodies of their families out in May, and then everybody lives happily ever after. Like, they have some soup, and they go about their business. <laughs> and they have some soup. <laughs> so, so How was your frozen winter? Here's some soup. <laughs> so there's no crime to cover there, so I just wanted to, um, you know. Make sure y'all know that that's about everything we're going to say about the frozen people of Vermont. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Gracia, do you want to walk us through the drink of the week this week? Yes. We're going to do a Bloody Mary from a site called I Breathe, I'm Hungry. Um, But we're all bartenders, so we kind of, like, changed it up a little bit. Um, So it's a Bloody Mary today for Sunday. We did, in the alcoholic version, we used Clamato. We used Tito's. We used... um, Horseradish, pepper, Tabasco, coarse celery, a little bit of salt, pepper, and lemon. In the non-alcoholic, it has all of those things except for no vodka, and we changed out the Clamato for V8 to give it a little bit more of a flavor. So, Dave, what do you think of the mocktail this week? I actually like it, yeah. But I like V8, so if, if you like V8, you'll like this. Yeah, me too. Is it too spicy, or did I do no, a good job? No, I, I like spicy food, oh, good. so... Um, yeah, yeah, I guess if you don't like spicy food, it would probably be too spicy, but yeah, and if you don't like spicy, just use a little bit less horseradish, a little bit, yes, less pepper, yeah, because those two things together can uh, quack, yeah, uh, you know. And this Bloody Mary is super good, the alcoholic version one, and we did it with Clamato, which I've never had before, but and it is super spicy, so I think it's really quite good. All right, let's get down to business. This week, we are discussing the angel of death, Kristen Gilbert. I chose her story for three main reasons. Um, One, my daughter Leilani suggested it. Two, female serial killers are fairly rare, which makes them all the more interesting. And three, she has ties to Gardner, which is where I currently live. So I thought that would be really fun Um, in a weird, crimey kind of way. (laughs) Close to home. Yeah. So Kristen was born, Kristen Strickland, in 1967. Uh, She was born in Fall River, which just, by the way, if you live in Fall River, maybe there's something in the water because... Fall River's like (laughs) one of the worst places on earth. We're actually going to talk a lot about Fall River next week. um. Yep. (laughs) One of the worst places on earth. Well, Well, it seems to breed female killers. I saw like a realtor's website when I was looking up just research on Fall River where they said like, you know, the FBI doesn't assume that this is the safest place to live. This is actually a realtor's website. Oh, so my it's gosh. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Fall River is in, uh, it's, it has its cool things about it, um, but it's it definitely has, it's had cult killings. It's had, of course, we'll talk about the Borden murders. Um, you know, it definitely has. Uh, Aaron Hernandez, didn't he live there? 
Uh, he I think might he was have in lived at, at a part close of it. Close to there, yeah. but yeah, Attleboro wasn't. Yeah, I mean, Darn. it's kind of close to Foxborough and Providence. A lot of those guys yeah. live in Providence, so, um, you know, it's basically right across the water of Providence, yeah. you know, so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, my cat did come from there, my oh. my oldest cat. Something positive Ollie. on a fall yeah. river, a cat. Yeah. Well, then but, there you go. <laughs> But he might be a serial killer. He so might. That, it appears to be in the water. So just <laughs> buy bottled water if you live in Fall River. Just throwing that out there. It's like Mexico. <laughs> um, anyway, Kristen grows up in a fairly stable home. Her dad is an executive and her mom is a homemaker and a part-time teacher. Uh, they're fairly well off. And from all accounts, there really isn't anything of note in her upbringing. Like no, you know, crazy abuse stories or anything like that. So just s- no trauma. Um, and these are the kind of people that from the outside, they seem to have like a great life. They just seem to have their shit together. They're happy, you know, nuclear family kind of people. So as Kristen's growing up, um, she gets a lot of attention. She's very pretty. And um, they say like she's very intelligent. She's galactically gifted, I think, is one of the things I read about her. Anyway, and so as she's getting all of this attention, as she's growing up and growing up, it's seen like the popular girl, the pretty girl, all that. She starts to really love and feed off of that attention. Um, And that becomes pretty important to the story. So when she gets to become a teenager... Um, However, she starts to become a frequent liar and her family notices and a manipulator. So, you know, she starts to tell these tall tales for attention again. Um, And she even would fake suicide attempts in order to get more attention or to control people like a boyfriend. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit crazy. Um, You know, confabulation is a very interesting thing, that that lying, especially when an intelligent person is doing it. And your thought is, don't they know how stupid that sounds? Or why are they insulting my intelligence? Why are they it's insulting usually, my intelligence is usually what I think. It's like, usually an indication that there's something wrong brain-wise. Amen. We had yeah. a member of our family had that population. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, two that I can think of. Right? Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. about it all the time when uh, someone near me is lying and I know it. I'm thinking, mm. what are they doing? So it's right. definitely an indication something's off. Yeah. yeah. It's one thing when you're little and you're telling fibs, but when you're a grown adult, like... Mm-hmm. Time to face your reality, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so she ends up going to Groton Dunstable High School where she graduates at 16. So again, she's fairly intelligent, you know. Um, from there, she goes to Bridgewater State College and she's studying to be a nurse. Uh, she continues her loony behavior, like she's lying, manipulating, faking suicides. And in fact, I read an article on allthatisinteresting.com called The Double Life of a Soccer Mom and Serial Killer Nurse by Andrew Milne. I just wanted to give him cred for that. Um, but she had told a boyfriend that she'd eaten glass. And that wasn't even a little bit true. But they were breaking up or something like that. And so, you know, she faked the suicide attempt. So she's like a, a total crazy person, a liar so Bridgewater State um, eventually is going to say that she needs to get treatment for her psychotic disorders because she's attacking people she's lying she's manipulating you know she's just just going crazy so she does you know what any psycho would do and she transfers to Mount Wachusett Community College which is located here in the beautiful <laughs> Jersey City like right down the street actually it is it's amazing they didn't make her a professor <laughs> <laughs> Please teach for Well, she would have fit in in Gardner. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True story. Yeah. Um, this is where Leilani, by the way, picked up the story, and she wants to make it clear that she swims in the pool at Mount Wachusett Community College, and the pool had nothing to do with it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, so she's here at Mount Wachusett in uh, 1987, and then eventually transfers again to complete her education out in Greenfield Community College. I don't have any idea why she left them out, um, but you know, it's definitely, again, not related to the fitness center. So say it's definitely slowly. not related to the pool. <laughs> Um, so now, 1988, Kristen is an RN, and she meets and marries this guy, Glenn Gilbert. And again, they seem like really nice people, good marriage. They have two boys. And from all accounts from the outside, from the outside, a fairly nuclear family, right? Um, so in 1989, she gets a job at the Veterans Affairs Medical Center in Northampton. And she's really well-liked by her coworkers there. And she seems really successful. They, she's like a go-to person. You know, when there's a crisis, they look for her. Um, so she's great. And in fact, they like her so much, she even gets featured on the cover of Veterans Affairs Practitioner Magazine in April of 1990. So, yeah. <laughs> so a, a star. Yeah, a superstar, mm -hmm. theoretically, at her job. Um, and she's involved in the community, too. Like, she did a drive for underprivileged kids and stuff like that. So from by all accounts from the outside, Kristen is great, and everyone loves her. So Kristen ends up transferring to the night shift. And when that happens, two important things happen. One, she's going to start an affair with a security guard named James Peralt. Um, and he's also, by the way, a veteran of the Persian Gulf War. just wanted to throw that out there. And two... People start to notice that when Kristen is on shift, a lot of people end up dead. Oh, wow. Yeah, like a lot. Um, so they actually, too, start to refer to her. It's like a joke, but they call her the angel of death. <laughs> These are great nicknames. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's usually the nickname you want to hear that your nurse has. Your nurse you has. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's going to be taking care of you today? Mm -hmm. yes, angel of death. <laughs> yeah. Did you bring your cross? <laughs> so, you know, yeah, so it sounds really funny, but then, like, the number of people who end up dead when she's on shift gets into the hundreds. It's, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's not a small body count. Actually. We're not talking, like, mercy killings. Nobody talked about that part, right? These are not mercy not killings no, whatsoever. No, mercy no, okay. No, 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 no. So, I had to give her the benefit of the doubt there well, for a moment. That was nice of you, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not mercy killings, no. Well, um, some, you know, the cold is, you know, something that's hard to get over sometimes. It you know? is, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, one of her victims did go in there with, like, the flu or something yeah. like that. And then... And then died. Died, yeah. So, anyway, um, as the body count climbs, right, some people start to think maybe there's something more than just a joke going on here, right? And so, in 1996... So this is like seven years after. Yeah. She's been in there for seven years. In 1996, three nurses would come forward and say, something isn't right with this death count. Oh, and by the way, we also noticed that we're running out of epinephrine way faster than we should be. Oh, ding, mm -hmm. ding, 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 ding. Yeah. So, and if you don't know, ep epinephrine, <laughs> epinephrine is a drug. Give it a nickname. That's what I do when I can't say it. Give it a nickname. I choke on words today. Um, yeah. But it's a drug used to accelerate your heartbeat. And so if you like take too much of it, you will have, you'll go into cardiac arrest. So. It, is it what's in the EpiPen as well? 
Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't think. Well, I'm not a doctor. Okay. True. Just I'm. I play one on TV. I say that to my cheerleaders all the time. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not a doctor. Asking me. One on TV. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you are, Dad. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Anyway, so getting back to the story. So what is interesting about this is most of the people who died while Kristen was working actually did die of a heart attack, too. And even more interesting that it's later reported that she would sometimes be seen trying and failing to resuscitate them. So it's stated that she did that not just for show, like to throw off suspicion, but also to make it look like she was a hero. She was trying to save these poor people. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this also like weird story that's going on while all this other stuff is happening in that she's trying to poison her husband by putting stuff in his food. So he says that he gets really, really sick and he has to go to the hospital. And while he's there, she tells him that she wants to be the one to take his blood for whatever normal yeah. reason. I don't know. <laughs> because I love you. Yeah. I blood. <laughs> but then... <laughs> Instead of taking his blood, she shows up with a needle that has a clear substance in it. When he asks her, you know, like, dude, what's that all about? She goes, oh, nothing. It's just saline. And she sticks it in him. He claims that after that, his arm goes numb right away. And he tries to get away, but she, like, hip checks him so she can dose him up. He does end up surviving. And after this ordeal, they get divorced. So... (laughs) But it, <laughs> can you just picture this guy testifying in court? Let's stop for a second. Like, <laughs> yeah. she wanted to take my blood, then she tried to kill me. So, yeah. Listen, judge, I feel like I am not at fault here. Like, yeah. He would later like go on to say too. We we watched the show on the Oxygen Network about her, um, and he would say like she would sometimes chase him around the house with a knife, and he would have to like hide in a room until she calmed down. Like she'd just gone completely nutso on him because. She was having this affair and wanted to get him out, which makes sense. Um. Yeah, and it's easier for insurance money, I guess. Right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Although it's I harder going, to collect but... insurance when there's been a homicide. You get right, but she was poisoning yeah. him, remember? I'm That's going true. back to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before all this, she was slowly trying to poison him so she could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and poison's one of those things that if they don't check for it. Just like the p- last case. If yeah. they don't check for it, they may they not see it. it. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. And then Good she gets a, a payday and she runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Kristen would do weird stuff, too, like while she was on her job. It, it's not necessarily like she's trying to hide it. So clearly with her husband, she's not trying to hide some pretty naughty behavior. But in this Oxygen show that we watched, too, um, they reported one doctor reported that she said something like, you know, this patient who's here, if he dies by eight, can I go home early? For real. You know, so like. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, so on a scale of one to ten. <laughs> but, I mean, they didn't fire her, though, so I don't know. I don't even know how they answered that question. But <laughs> How many bulk hours do you have for vacation time? Yeah. I'm literally pitching her being like, so I got a place to be? Like, yeah. I can speed this up if you guys want. <laughs> I got time. It's, it's so weird. So. She's so weird. Insane. But um, yeah, so back to the investigation in the Veterans Center. Kristen finds out that she's under investigation, and so she does what any psychotic person would do. She calls in a bomb threat to try to delay the investigation. I thought you were going to say she was blowing up the evidence. Like <laughs> no. She's like, you know what? I got a cherry bomb. I'm going to see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound like she thinks too highly of the police here because she figures the bomb threat, and then they'll be like, oh, one thing at a time. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I only have so many ends. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have no idea. It's kind of a weird story. So. It's a riot. Um, so anyway, in the fall of 1996, so that that's like in the spring, and now in the fall of 1996, after leaving her job, she does check herself into a psychiatric hospital. And actually, she's going to end up checking herself into seven different psychiatric hospitals uh, over a various period of time or for various lengths of time. Um, and I guess though that you can't really cure this kind of crazy so in january of 1998 she goes on trial for the bomb threat because newsflash that's illegal (laughs) and she did it from her home phone (laughs) it's kind of a she's for someone so intelligent this is like super sloppy with the fold yeah yeah Yeah. so um, it's funny sometimes on crime shows they'll say that like this person can't be that smart i'm like dude sometimes you just don't think about things like she's just not thinking about it yeah for sure Each time you check yourself into the uh, institution there, you're the center of attention. Yeah. And that's a big motivator for for Mm -hmm. these kinds of people. And your family probably, like, rallies around you. Like, oh, let's give her support and friends and, you know. Sure. Well, not her husband. Not her husband. Why would he? Mm -hmm. But. Yeah, so. (laughs) He's like, see ya. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, definitely she's addicted to this being the center of attention. um, For sure. But, um. The Veterans Medical Center, by the way, is on federal property. So the bomb threat is not just a crime. It's a federal offense. So she's actually going to go to jail for a year and a half in order to um, to serve her time for this, which is really great for the investigation in a way because um, it gives them a lot more time to like get all their details together to find the, the evidence that they need. And they have more resources. Yeah, exactly. And so one of the things that they have to do is there were four gentlemen um, that died under her watch, and their names are Henry Houdon, Kenneth Cutting, Edward Squira, I hope I said that right, and Stanley Jagodowski. So those guys, uh, when they all came in, like I mentioned, one of them came in with the flu, ends up having a heart attack, very similar. So these four guys all died very suspicious heart attacks. So they decide to exhume the bodies and check for the presence of Epinephrine. Epinephrine. Thank you. You'll have to edit that later. Um, And lo and behold, they find like very elevated levels of it in these guys' system. So they accuse her of three counts of murder in the first degree, one count of murder in the second degree, and two counts of attempted murder. And that's what she's going to go on trial for. And that's where the prosecution states that the motive is basically that she wanted to have a lot more time with her boyfriend. And she thought this was a good way to get it. Because, you know, like like we said, if somebody dies, she can get out early. So, you know. Interesting boyfriend. Yeah. I wouldn't say that's root cause. Though. No, that's what the prosecution said. Um, that is definitely what the prosecution mm-hmm. said. So, And yep. you might remember that James is a security guard there. And so every time there was an emergency and somebody coded, he would be called so he'd have to come up into the room. And then they said that she, she would like openly flirt with him or be openly inappropriate with him while they're working on this body that's coding. Even one time... She would, like, straddle a patient. Another time she would show her garters. She would touch him. Like, wildly inappropriate stuff is going on while these poor people are dying in bed. Can you imagine being the other person in the room being like... (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) I I really couldn't speak. I'd be like, what the fuck? What really (laughs) says something is how long this went on with, you know, and I'm sure other people had 
You know, because even in the 90s, people would make complaints about too much inappropriate behavior at work. Mm -hmm. um, you know. Whether it was addressed would be the problem. Usually it was just like, yeah, And that, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, it yeah. sounds like. And it sounds like, you know, really the this facility should have been well aware a lot sooner that something was definitely wrong. You'd I mean, think. you don't, you, you know, you don't have to be an expert at statistics to understand there's a concept called the law of averages. And if you have an enormous amount of deaths that only, you know, and no other time you're having them, there's a problem. And cause and effect, you also have the the missing epinephrine. Yeah. Yeah. Like those two things should be like, yeah. HR should be like screaming, like, uh-oh. Yeah. We have a giant issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just... Lawsuits, here they come. Well, in the 90s, too, like she started in 1990. So the way that they did medical records or tracking of inventory was probably all paper-based, so not computer-based. So it was probably a lot harder to, to actually yeah. follow up and notice, you know, and so... Julie, I did a contract in Central Mass Healthcare when they were in Worcester. Um, and one of the people I met there, I was doing an IT contract, was a statistician, which surprised me when, when he told me that. But he, he was a person looking at rates, different rates of afflictions in hospitals. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's any relationship to these things or whether they were just starting this. It's an this. interesting job, though. I they mu they must yeah. have been yeah. just starting this because it was a doctor that used to, I mean, he was doing it for the money, but he would basically tell people that they needed these emergency heart surgeries all the time, and then he'd do them, and he'd get thousands and thousands of dollars. And yeah, I can't right. remember who, what his name was, but, you know, when you looked at, like, how many patients he saw versus how many patients needed an emergency surgery, it was statistically like, okay, that's almost impossible. Yeah, you so know? that was for profit, just yeah. like they used to give hysterectomies to a woman if she sneezed, Yeah, you know, yeah. but... Yeah. Yeah, in the yeah. 90s, they gave you Ritalin for anything, you mm -hmm. know. You'd be like a baby that cried when it was hungry, and they'd give you Ritalin, you know. <laughs> it's like... Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, so the 90s was an interesting time for medicine. I keep thinking, this is when Michael was born. <laughs> yeah. 96. Sure. Um, so the prosecution also brings up uh, that she attacked people with knives and tried to poison people like her husband. And that she also had removed some breathing tubes from some of the patients as well. So, yeah, just... It, How it's, old are her kids at this point? Like, did it say when she has... It doesn't really cover... You know, there's not a lot out there about her family, and it's probably to try to protect those yeah. poor children. Yeah, makes know? sense. Just yeah. curious what's going on with the kids at home. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing they're with their dad. <laughs> so... Um, and they also bring up... Uh, that years before she started working at the Veterans Affairs Medical Center, she was working as a home health aide. And in that job, she deliberately burned a mentally handicapped child with scalding hot bath water. So, yeah, she's a peach. Uh, she ends up getting convicted of all crimes because obviously she is very guilty of them. Um, she's just a crazy, crazy lady. So in the state of Massachusetts, there is no death penalty for those of you who don't know. But since this crime is on federal property, the prosecution does go for the death sentence for her. 
And I think, though, that the good people of Massachusetts just aren't okay with the death penalty because she doesn't get it. Um, She ends up being sentenced to four consecutive life sentences, no possibility of parole. And then the judge puts another 20 years on top of that, just in case, I guess. (laughs) Just to ensure her she doesn't get out? Yeah, I guess so. Um, Public safety. I think they're one of the reasons that they'll do that for different counts. They'll give you a sentence. And that way, if, say, you had an appeal for one count, and that actually, say, they decided, okay, yeah. person wasn't really guilty of that particular crime, you're still in jail because mm-hmm. of the other one. Or in state Didn't they mass- just do that? Did they? With that police officer who kneeled on... Oh, did they? Oh, yeah, George Floyd? They added back in a crime, so they would Mm -hmm. have another option for the jury. Oh, I didn't know that. They added in a third degree of murder. If I remember right, I saw this just the other night. So, yeah, just to bolster your point, that's very, very true. What I found interesting about this lady, also interesting, syndrome is the Manchhausen by proxy. Yeah, yeah, I thought we'd go into that. I just want to cover the rest of her sentence. If that's okay. One last point. In Massachusetts, you only have to serve half your sentence, too, if you get good behavior. So if you're sentenced to 10 years, technically you only have to serve five. Yeah. So if he adds that on, that that gives her... Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah federal. You're going to do most of that time. Yeah, yeah. these are federal We're crimes. overcrowded, so a lot of times that's... People get out super early. That's why yeah. you hear somebody like, oh, they got two years. Oh, well, how, why are they out in six months? Yeah. Well, now that time you've served. allowed Gracia to interfere, I guess we, <laughs> we can move on. So I just want to just to finish Sorry. this up before we talk about women serial killers. Um, she does start in appeals, which is standard in a lot of murder convictions. But she drops it because this U.S. Supreme Court issues a new ruling that states if you want a retrial, then you're back up on the death penalty so they can go for it again. So apparently she decides she'd rather live her life in prison than go for an appeal. Um, she's now incarcerated in Fort Worth, Texas. The state of Massachusetts got her convicted on four murders, as we said. They believe that she's responsible for 60, and there are a lot of people that believe the number is actually around 350 deaths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she was very yeah, busy. Because you think that's a short amount of years. Like, if you think yeah. about how many years. Seven years, yeah. Seven years, that's, you know. That's a lot. She's active, yeah. So now I kind of want to talk about what Dad was going to go into, which is, you know. Which we, I will never go into again. Okay. We, <laughs> we started this saying that, you know, female serial killers are rare. But actually, maybe they're not. Not as rare as you'd think. And, um, you know, it's interesting. If you look at the list of serial killers um, by century, one of the things you'll find is that prior to the 1900s, they were actually more common um, than men serial killers. Now, granted, it was probably might have been just these are the ones that got caught. But um, you'll actually find, like, if you look at, like, 18 to 1900, there were a lot more women mixed in than um, what you'll see nowadays. Yeah. So. Yeah, in the 17 to 1800s, there were witches. Oh, true. Yes. Okay, I was going to talk about uh, Manchhausen by proxy syndrome. So Manchhausen is a syndrome where... For attention, you may do things to yourself, mm-hmm. right? Or you may be the kind of person that wants all kinds of surgeries, right? We've all known people like this. By proxy, though, when you add that on, that means they 
add it to another person. They do it to another person to get either the the uh, center of attention kind of kick, yep, or the um, you know the hero worship or sympathy for themselves. So a lot of women have poisoned their children, yeah, slowly over time, keeping them sick so that there's right. attention on the mom and how much she's. You know, Anybody here who's suffering. seen the Sixth Sense? Yes. yes. Right. You remember there was a woman in there doing that mm-hmm. to her children. Um, of course, that was fictional, but yeah. based on fact. And Gillian Flynn wrote a great book called Sharper Objects, which also right. covers that topic. Right. So it is, it is related to narcissism, malignant narcissism. So got to be the center of attention. As you pointed out in her early life, this became something like a drug to her. Yeah. And she got addicted to it. Um, and this is, you, you find out real quick, boy, if I'm the hero. Yeah. You know? Yep. So anyway, I'll, I'll hand it over to you. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, so taking all of that into account, it does seem like that's what happened to Kristen. Was she super intelligent, but there's clearly a gap there, and she gets addicted to people paying attention to her. She wants her boyfriend to pay attention to her. She wants, you know, to be the hero in the hospital. She wants to be there with every code and stuff like that. So she's committing these crimes so that people are just paying more attention to her. It's wild. And the boyfriend motive has come up before. I don't know if you guys remember Diane Downs. Do you remember her? Was Diane that the, Downs. Was that the woman who was poisoning people because she wanted to impress somebody she had a crush on? No, her boyfriend broke up with her because he didn't want to be a dad, and she had three kids. So she decides to take her three kids into the woods and shoot them Mm. and say that they were carjacked. Oh, my God. But one of the kids survives and testified against her in court. It's a great book. I Uh, remember. Anne Rule wrote the book, and Mm -hmm. uh, Farrah Fawcett played her in the movie. Um, But she did it just because, and she's, at one point, she says he didn't want to be a dad anymore, so she kills him to... uh, Duran Duran, Hungry Like a Wolf. Oh, my gosh. She plays it over the radio and goes around the car killing her children. Wow. These women. It, and she, then she was, like, pregnant at the time of the trial. It's an interesting, if you get to take a look at her, Anne Rule is one of my favorite authors for true crime mm-hmm. because she was an FBI profiler. Mm-hmm. So she does a really good job in the book because she talks about every aspect of the case and Diane's psyche. Yeah. But it's it's... A motive that I didn't believe, so when it just came up in this one, too, I'm like, why would you kill for a boyfriend? There's, like, a million men out there. Like, a million. Yeah, your own children. That's yeah. what gets me is when women turn on their own children. It is incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's like... But there are numerous cases. Yeah. And they become more and more aware yeah. and sensitive of it. Yeah, because like didn't you say that earlier that Munchausen syndrome, they didn't even really know about it as a thing until the 60s right 1960s right. Yeah. yeah so this, this was the 80s that what i'm talking about was yeah, yeah this could have been happening a lot more I think frequently it probably was yeah i wonder if they'll find a connection between like postpartum and those kind of things because yeah. some of the ones that i've read on cases are like after women have had birth and then they have this like separation from who they are like True. can you get it like after that because I agree with Jill. The one thing I don't understand about murder is when they start killing the kids. Like, adults, eh, you might have deserved it. Right, yeah. But kids, they really, 
there's nothing my children could do to me to ever make me hurt them. Yeah, nothing. yeah, I nothing. agree with that. But that is true. Postpartum depression really does. It's no joke, right? And remember that woman in Texas who like drowned her five children? Mm-hmm. Yes. Andrea. Oh. Yes, Andrea something or another. Yeah. yeah. Gates maybe? Yeah, yeah, I think you are right. I think it's Andrea Yates. Yeah. 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 It's an interesting case because I remember reading about that one even more because she loved her kids so much. But you, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. We we don't always medicate either. We didn't really understand postpartum for a very long time. And I don't even know if we do now, but I think it's more accepted now. We more talk about it. And but like back when the 90s and 80s, you hid that. Well, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I agree with that. I feel like it's, you know, you have a baby and you're supposed to be so happy with everything and everything's supposed to be great. You just had this beautiful baby and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And if you don't. (laughs) feel like that you know postpartum is a son of a gun yeah yeah, yeah, you know, know. yeah it's got, got but quite it doesn't a stigma. as they now know into murder for most people for most people it doesn't but for no. some people for sure it does and especially Absolutely. if you feel all the pressure she had eight kids like can you imagine Andrea Yates oh, eight yeah. kids yeah, that's like that's a lot kids. of pressure yeah, yeah too many kids yeah so maybe who knows what happened to, to Kristen maybe she did have that maybe she had postpartum you know maybe she's a combination of all yeah she's definitely a narcissist you know Mm -hmm. who knows Uh, an important point here is you're still legally sane even though you may have one of these syndromes oh yeah you know what so there's no way you can use it as a defense you can try but well that's interesting though because it in a way, it is clearly a mental illness, right? Like, well, it's clearly. McNaughton, but you have to almost be a raving lunatic to qualify for the McNaughton rule of legal sanity. Well, insanity. I mean, what do you have to do to be a raving lunatic? Because this is pretty raving lunatic. To not right. understand what the... that what you're doing is wrong, I believe, is one of the criteria. Yeah. Or, That's like number one, probably. Yeah. I mean, so it's like, yeah, it's like you can be... Like um, that guy that shot up the office on around New Year's, um, Michael McDermott, I believe his name was. Yeah. Um, you know, he was clearly schizophrenic, um, although that really didn't seem like it was what motivated him anyways. Um, but he still knew what he was doing. So, and he still knew it was illegal to shoot up your office. And often, so. you know how the DAs get you? Is they'll show that you took steps yeah. to yeah. protect yourself. So you're not that crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, well, so that, I talk that. about this all the time because people get confused in murder in the first, murder in the second, murder in the third. People get confused what? Murder the first, murder the second, murder the third. Like, what is the difference between the yeah. three of them? Premeditation. And they say premeditation is the number one thing, but premeditation takes a second. Mm-hmm. If I could have, if I'm going to kill Craig because he's closest to me, right? Makes and I sense. jump out that door and I think, hmm, I'm going to do it. That's premeditation. Even if it's only one minute, that's murder in the first. Like, people think premeditation means this big elaborate plan. It's not. It's one minute where I could walk away. That's all it is. If you could walk away from the situation. Yeah. Which is confusing. It is confusing to a lot of people. Yeah. 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 Because sometimes you'll see a case and they're like, well, they really didn't plan it. I'm like, that's the statute is very low. Reminds me of a fellow, and I'm not going to name him here, but he used to work for Digital years ago who emptied a gun into his wife while delivering his child from a visitation. Um, and he was, he pled guilty to second degree. Uh, he went there with a gun. I mean, it was just astonishing to me, but. So they play all kinds of games, you know, they make all deals. Kinds of games. Yeah. That's yeah. a, that sounds like a plea deal. That yeah. sounds like a plea mm-hmm. deal. Like, you'll just plead guilty. We'll give you a second degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can get out in 10 We're going to sentence or... you to 30, so you'll get out in 15, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Time served. You're going to get out in 20. I mean, uh, 10, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. I, I've always felt with murder that, and I'm not a believer in the death penalty, but I believe that if you kill somebody with malice aforethought, you should never get out of prison. You should spend the entire life, your the rest of your life in prison. That's it. it My problem is liberal. always with that is that the cops, as we see, mess up so much. Like, that's, that's true. How do we know that that person actually did it? That's why I don't believe in the death penalty because, yeah. like, oh yeah. I mean, I worked in the prison system, and everyone in there is innocent. So it's hard to tell who's actually innocent because yeah. as soon as you talk to somebody, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. But I do feel like they mess up a lot. Like they may have the wrong guy in there, and we don't know it. So I can't just like justified in my own being that we're going to kill somebody who might not have done it. There's a case in Texas where, and I can't think of the woman's name, but she was convicted primarily because they had a recording. This was a case where she claimed there was a home invasion and her two children died and she uh, was also injured, but they said they weren't defensive wounds. Um, And so... I'd say it was approximately two weeks after the murders took place. She went to the child's cemetery, the burials, and she had, like, this birthday party for them. Um, And that really influenced the jury. I remember this. Yes. And I do not think it's creepy. But, you know, the thing is. There is no textbook to how people respond to trauma. Right. And there really is, you know, the fact is there was physical evidence outside of that house down the street that it becomes very hard to say how did that evidence get there if she was the perpetrator. Correct. So. That's the, you know, that kind of makes me nervous about that kind of thing. Yeah. to go back to that point too, they, the nobody acts the same. I mean, how many times have you looked at somebody being like, "Why are they acting that way?" Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. because your your experience is around who you are. So my experiences are not your experiences, or not Craig's experiences. You know? Yeah, that was Darley Rudier, by the way. I just looked it up. Yeah. Rudier. Yeah. I was yeah. trying to remember. Did they you... finally reverse that? I thought no. they were close to reversing. I mean, that. I don't know, but I see an article. Well, it's Texas. They, yeah, they, it they is hate Texas. <laughs> but I see an article on May 11th. Um, from abcnews.go.com that said that there are still lots of questions about whether or not she did it. So yeah. in 2019. Yeah. So yeah. There is. But I mean, she's K- still in jail. Casey Anthony, there's so many women that we can talk about who did yeah. different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but now, I, if you're going to do this kind of crime, I've got a secret way out for y'all. Okay. <laughs> Tip eat, of the day, people. Eat, eat a Twinkie while you're doing it. Well, no, that o- that only works if Eat you're... a Twinkie while you're doing it. It's called the Twinkie defense. Yeah. Google the Twinkie defense. Yeah, so that only works if the jury is a bunch of bigots that want to actually excuse killing of a gay person. Oh, my um, goodness. Eat a Twinkie? The, you yeah, thought I was so kidding. the Twinkie defense yeah, you was, this there was a... There was a man who was charged with killing a vocal leader of the gay community in San Francisco. Harvey Milk. Yeah. And, and he killed, he also killed the uh, the guy in charge, like the mayor. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, the thing is, is that they presented a defense, 
And the jury, to me, just wanted to say, well, you know, that's a good excuse. And all that sugar, you know, well, they didn't like the gay people. They didn't (laughs) want to convict anybody for. I mean, that's really how bad bigotry is. I mean, to me, never sniff at me when I cast pearls. You know, that that's that's the whole thing. That to me is an example of just how bigoted. Um, our society we can do actually that be. There's so yeah, many books can. where, like, they've been wrongly convicted. I mean, look at in the South. Yeah. I mean, To Kill a Mockingbird is one of the most famous books for that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we're totally down a rabbit hole now, but in that show, The Staircase on Netflix, when they were talking about how they were testing out jurors, they had this, like, incredible doctor who was Asian-American, I think, and delivering information about why the guy didn't kill it kill his wife but the people they had for this jury selection thing said he's too asian can't understand him and they just dismissed everything he said out of hand can't understand yeah, him. it was like not like can we have his transcript so mm-hmm. we can understand mm-hmm. better yeah it was incredible and so they decided the defense team decided not to call that doctor to the stand because the racism was so bad there oh my, oh my god yeah that they yeah. didn't even listen to him and she's in at my trial I had a Chinese, I'm not kidding. I had a Chinese witness, and they got an, an interpreter. Yeah, yeah. And mine was a minor thing, you yeah. know. How many murders was a minor? For that? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's yeah. It well, is you can usually wild. see like on TV. I've seen them before. Say, can we have the transcripts? They're using too much big words. Like we don't understand what they're saying. Right. Yeah, a lot of times so. too. I mean, one of the problems with the jury system is if you're asking twelve average people to determine which one of these physicists or which one of these medical doctors is actually correct. They didn't have years of training in medicine. They didn't have years of training in physics. So they usually go by, well, this guy was more likable or, you know, I like the way this person was dressed better. Um, it's really not because of the actual facts, you know. Yeah. So, juries, juries are interesting. In, yeah. I mean, really you could probably are. do a whole podcast just on juries just on at juries, one point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they do muddy the waters a lot. Yeah, they, they do. They really do. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, in my research on Lizzie Borden, it wasn't until the 1950s where women could actually serve on the juries mm-hmm. in Massachusetts because that, that comes up in the Lizzie Borden case because she's, the Constitution says you're tried by a jury of your peers. Well, she could not have one single woman on her jury. No. So um, that's yeah. really not a jury of your peers. Yeah. You know? No so, kidding. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I, we could go on and on, I guess, forever on this. What did you say? You want to go on and on about what? <laughs> Your Twinkies, Dad. <laughs> no one get you a Twinkie, that's for sure. For Christmas, we all know what we're getting. And what Stick are you a talking Twinkie about? in your I mouth. I was thinking, like, there's like Twinkie honor, shirts. I had a Twinkie in my mouth. I had a Twinkie in my mouth. I was wearing a Twinkie shirt. Yeah. I had. <laughs> yeah. I'm really proud of us. Last week, the public service announcement was protect your drink don't get roofied this week it's if you want to kill somebody grab a twinkie yeah we cover both sides <laughs> fair and balanced <laughs> yeah. gotta tell the whole story right <laughs> all right well to wrap this one up i think maybe one of the biggest tragedies here obviously loss of life is always tragic but these were men who had served our country right. you know yes. who'd gone to war you know yeah. and it's just a sad thing that they'd come home expecting to be taken care of and they're not, you know, unfortunately. Jill, did I read that one of these guys was sort of on to the fact that 
something was going on. Actually, there was a, a guy who was like, I don't want this lady as my nurse, you know, yeah, and like yeah. tried to fight back. Freaked out about yeah, it. Yeah, but he didn't win, I think. So. Yeah. yeah. Is he one of the victims? He oh. probably was. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. So he probably heard her nickname and was like, guys. Yes, get her off my. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. Crazy. He's like whiting out his chart himself. Yeah. Like, nope, nope. Well, I don't know why you wouldn't be like that. And if your nurse is called the angel of death, like, I think yeah. I'd be like, you know what? I'm good. I'd go home. Yeah. Time for me to go home. I need a new hospital. Like, even if, why is she employed here? And this yeah, is her exactly. nickname. Exactly. Yeah. That's not. That's alarming. Yeah, I think I'm safer really... at home. I'll take my chances with God. Like, yep. <laughs> It really does seem like the hospital should be considered to have huge culpability here because yeah. this is clearly something that, you know, in civil court they say you should have known you were negligent and they should have known. Yes. yes. So. Um, yeah, I didn't see anywhere that they any of the families sued the Which veterans. is crazy. Yeah. I was just thinking you were going to say, like, everybody sued because it's the 90s. I didn't like, see any were report suing on that. At that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah the lady that put her dog in the microwave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I almost feel like the McDonald's hot coffee was around then. Yes. So, like, I what? Yeah. We're a litigious society Cover that here. puppy's ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. And you're not thinking, he died. He went in with a cough. What the frig happened? Like, yeah, if that were exactly. my dad or my uncle or, you know. Yeah, yeah I know. Like, you'd so want some many answers. families, you know, they really want answers even if somebody, yeah, and you should. And, you you should. know, even if you're, you have a family member that has cancer or whatever. Yeah. It's not, there's nothing wrong with saying, I want specifically to know what really happened. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, and that's, that's perfectly fine. And you should always be given the right to find out. Um, because you know what, even if somebody is terminal and they're going to die within a year, but they die tomorrow, they still lost a year of their life. Mm -hmm. True. And yeah. you're still, you're still entitled to know why that happened. Right. And even if it was a mistake, I mean, there can't be this many mistakes. I'm not yeah. justifying this <laughs> That's many. That's a lot. But then at least they, you would want it to be brought to the hospital's attention so it doesn't happen to somebody else. Yep. Yeah. Like, I feel like that would be my thing. Like, hey, something happened. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Let's figure this out. Let's look at my dad's records. Let's see what happened. Like, he came in here. What was he given for medicine? You know? Yeah. Did it counteract with any other medicines he has? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And in that oxygen series I was talking about, about her, um, what, there was the doctor. They interviewed the doctor that she was, like, the nurse for. And he got all teary and stuff because he definitely... I think felt like I really should have known like this should not have gone on this long but I think it was in part because she was so popular initially and mm -hmm. thought of so highly that it's just you just don't you don't yeah. want to know he had goggles on believe it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he yeah. had goggles on didn't see mm -hmm. the bad stuff yeah, yeah exactly and like it's like we all said I mean they called her the angel of death so they recognized an increased number of people mm -hmm. dying during her shifts but they just didn't I guess process that it could be because she was committing crimes, you know? Yeah. And even the fact that they use the word angel kind of shows you that they thought of her as somebody. Yeah. That, you know, like, it's like yin-yang there. Yeah. You know, that she's so beautiful and so intelligent. Yeah. But yet causes all this... It's yeah. like a black widow or, you know, all these yeah, different. Yep. Yeah. And, but a lot of serial killers are like that. Ted Bundy was running for politics. I, I said all the time, the clean and popular yeah, is not always a good person. Yeah. 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 Thing well, is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
<laughs> well, lucky that, he's not president. Or <laughs> that's another great Anne Rule book because she's one of the profilers that found him. Yeah. So yeah. one of her most famous books is A Stranger Beside Me. Mm-hmm. And she yeah. knew Ted Bundy personally because he had worked with her. Yeah, they worked on a suicide hotline together. How yeah. about that? Yeah. Wow. And she was one of the first people to say, hey, wait a minute. There's yeah. a murder in Florida. He was just there. Yeah. You're and started up to like Ted put it so together. So you won't kill yourself. Yeah. So crazy. And Ted's going, are you female? <laughs> I'll be over in 20 minutes. <laughs> can, you, can you say don't, that address? Don't do anything. I get there. <laughs> you guys are terrible. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Anyway, so coming up next terrible. week, just to give a teaser for what's coming up, Dave, do you want to tell us? So next week we are going to go back in time and we are going to actually hear the story of the Borden murders, which also took place in Fall River. Again, um, don't drink the water there. Just don't saying. drink the water. Um, you know, not a good place to meet a lady, according to people who <laughs> knew the Bordens. If you're looking for a girl, don't go to yeah. Fall River. Yeah. Do not Lizzie Borden right. might not have been the best person to meet. They marry. have the best Twinkies in New England. <laughs> really. Fall River is known for it. So, um, but actually, I'm going to take you through... Because you'll see a million movies on the Lizzie Borden case. I'm actually going to take you through what actually happened. What actually was testified to during the inquest hearing, during the preliminary hearing, during... Well, you don't get transcripts of a grand jury proceeding because uh, they will never release those publicly because it contained the jury pool and the trial. Um, so I'm going to give you the story that actually happened. Um, not what you saw in movies such as there's one recent one called Lizzie, where they basically yeah. make this thesis that Andrew Borden is, um, you know, sexually abusing the maid, and Lizzie and the lady had an affair, and so they decided to kill him together. Um, I'm going to tell you what people that were there that testified, what they testified to. Uh, what really happened with the blue dress for all us 90s kids? There was, there was a more famous blue dress in the 1890s as well. The blue dress comes back to hunt. Yes, it does. Every hundred years Ladies, a blue don't wear blue. dress. Yeah. Don't wear blue. Goodness. <laughs> so. At least she tried to burn it. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't save it as a memento? No. Show but, her best friend? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll call this a wrap on this week, and we'll see you next week. Bye. You have some editing to do. That was fun, though. You you have to have a fun one every now and then, you know? If you're enjoying our podcast, then subscribe. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts today. Or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cocktails, Mocktails, and Crime. Or on Twitter, at Ann Mocktails. You can also send us requests for stories that you'd like us to cover, drink ideas, or anything that you want us to know. Give us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. We also have an email address. It's cocktailsmocktailsandcrime at gmail.com.